0: Proud bisexual astrology influencer. Bye 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 question. <laughs> it is hot bye. And welcome to Hot Buy Summer, the podcast that's your one-stop shop for everything buy with your host, me, Charmi, where we talk about everything from buy news, buy TV shows and films, buy awakenings, and so much more. Don't forget to rate and review right now as you're listening to this. Go ahead, go ahead. I know, I know, go ahead, give it, give it, give it a little five star. Get, show, show show me a little love. Show me a little love on those reviews. And uh, without further ado, let's get into hot buy news. Y'all, there's so much going on. There is simply simply so much happening in the world. So let's get into it, okay? First and foremost, the iPhone update now has a regular pink heart. So we no longer as bisexuals have to figure out, oh, do we want the the pink heart with the like extra hearts? Or if we want, we don't have to choose the hearts. The hearts is there. You know, you know we don't like a a choice. We don't like a choice. So with the iPhone update, you can have a regular heart. And so when you make the buy flag with hearts, you have it, which is so exciting. I was thrilled, honestly, when I found that out. I went straight on to Twitter. Actually, one of my buy friends texted me and was like, look, there's all these different emojis. And I was like, aww, aww. Aw, I was like, there's so many different emojis. This is so exciting. And as as a person who has multiple Leo and Gemini placements, I'm heavy on the emojis, heavy on the emojis. Like, you're going to understand what I'm saying, but when it comes to emojis, baby. Baby, <laughs> baby, you're gonna get some extra emojis in there because I just feel like it adds a little razzle-dazzle. That's a little sauce, a little flavor. You're gonna be like, oh, Charmy sent this. Charmy sent this to me. I know Charmy sent this to me because it had a little extra razzle-dazzle, extra stars, extra heart. So with that being said, the heart emoji is out. It's so exciting for me. So I went straight to my Twitter. I said, bisexuals, with the iPhone update, there is a regular pink heart. We no longer have to choose between pink hearts to fit the bi flag. We won, bitch. I didn't say the bitch part, but I just said we won. And I was really excited. I think it, it's small victories, but it did get a little bit of criticism from the bi con themselves, Sherry Esner. Now, Sherry retweeted me, the mass excitement about the pink heart really shows how accustomed we are to getting literal crumbs and scrapes. Reminder that the official organization responsible for creating new emojis refuses to add a buy flag because, quote unquote, it wouldn't have much use. That blew my mind. I wasn't like offended. I was actually really informed. I didn't know this information. So here I am being so excited about (laughs) crumbs and scrapes, which we could unpack that in therapy about my dating life. But here I am so excited about crumbs and scrapes, right? And I didn't know this information that the people that are in charge of making all the emojis are like, oh, yeah, we don't need a heart or no, we don't need a bi flag because uh, it wouldn't be used. When it's like most people in the LGBTQ community are B. Like there's a lot of bees up in there. I think the, this is a very – honestly, I think it's really uh, important. Here I am with my regular pink heart, very, so very excited. You know, that's the thing about being bi and being – I think this is one of the proud things about being a bisexual for me. I have understood the world through the lens of obviously being a bisexual for my whole life, even if I didn't have the language. And one of the things that I love about being a bisexual person is that we can understand the world with nuance. Like it doesn't just mean one thing. And I think we could dwindle it down to just being a dating thing, right? We could be like, oh, it's just because like I date multiple genders. I understand nuance. But actually that spreads out to like ultimately other things. For instance, this "by heart thing, it's not really a debate. It's not like much of a debate. It is discourse, right? It's information. It's it's really uh, intriguing conversation. But I can be excited about the fact that there are crumbs and scrapes with this, this pink heart and also know that the organization that's in charge for this by flag refuses to make it and have those two things be equally valid. And there's no like hierarchy of thought, and I think there's something really beautiful about being by and understanding the nuance of the way the world works. Like it's not just one thing. So anyways, am I excited about this pink cart that is normal? Yes, because. I'm just one of those bi bitches that's going to be using this this all the time. Do I also know that I want a bi flag? Hell yeah, that too. So yeah, the Pink Heart is now available on iPhone and I think also on Android as well. So moving on to other queer news that I found absolutely riveting. I don't watch the show Yellow Jackets. I gave it a chance because it got a lot of buzz when it first came out like two years ago and there's posters all over LA talking about it and I just was like okay let me let me me fuck around with the pilot right quick. So I did. I watched it and it didn't really quite grab me in a way that I wanted it to and that doesn't mean that it's not good. It just means that I wasn't captivated. I also when I when I see too many white people on TV shows I'm like come on now. Let's <laughs> come on now. I think there's like one black girl and she's like mixed and I'm like ooh. I mean, I could be absolutely insane and could be remembering this very much incorrectly, but from my perspective, I remember watching it and being like where's the black people? <laughs> you know what it is also? Immediately, I pulled up a picture, right? And it's a picture of all of them in their uniforms. And there's some brownish people, ethnically um, ambiguous looking, looking baddies up in the lineup. But honestly, you know what it reminds me of looking at it? I immediately go back to high school when I was like the only black girl, um, on the cheer squad or on soccer, or on basketball, whatever, uh, gymnastics, whatever I was doing. And it was like PTSD. So maybe that's what it was. I don't know. All I know is that there wasn't enough black people or people of color with like lines. So I was like, mm, no, but maybe I'll give it another try. Anyways, I'm bearing the lead here. Liv Houston has withdrawn from the Emmy awards. Okay. This is really, really huge, huge, huge news that I'm just like, this is a big deal. So Liv Houston is on Yellow Jackets, this TV show, right? Not really sure what it's about. I kind of finished the pilot, but anyways, right? It's a big TV show. I know a lot of people are super into it. Anyways, Liv Houston withdraws from Emmy consideration, and this is what they had to say. There's not a place for me in the acting category. It would be inaccurate for me to submit myself as an actress. It neither makes sense for me to be lumped in with the boys. It's quite straightforward and not that loaded. I can't submit myself for this because there's no place for me. Boom. And I think we are watching history unfold before our very eyes. I often think about the very gendered categories within the award show arena. So as somebody who has worked in the industry for years and years and has worked in the award show arena for years and years. It baffles me that a lot of the practices, a lot of these award shows have been going on for 100 years, but a lot of the practices are so archaic. It makes me think and makes me wonder, why has there always been these very archaic gendered systems. And I know that's a Hollywood thing. I know that's a Hollywood thing. But it's also like, yeah, there should be a category for non-binary people. Hello. Like, hello, wake up. We're in 2023 now. We're not in freaking 1950. Here's what I will also say as well. As somebody in the industry, I will say that there is a lot of a lot of dirty things that I see on a daily basis. But Hollywood has a history. Hollywood has a deep, deep, deeply saturated history of racism excluding marginalized people. Like that's kind of their their thing is like, how can we exclude people and make people who fit within a certain template? How can we raise them up? And I feel like there's been this hole here for such a long time. And I think it takes a lot of bravery and strength for us as queer people to step out and be like, hey, something's off here. But I think this is a big deal. And I think this is a huge cultural moment. And I'm hoping and I'm hoping and I'm hoping that this means that we all start to question these archaic systems within the Hollywood train. Like, I really hope that this makes us really question this. I think it's exciting, though. I think it's really exciting because it means that – I hope that it means that we start questioning things at the very minimum. But at the maximum, let's make a new category or let's stop investing in award shows that don't celebrate us. Tea. Okay. So moving on, technically, The Little Mermaid is not queer news, but – Everybody knows that The Little Mermaid is queer-coded. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. So we're going to talk about The Little Mermaid because holy mother. Hallie Bailey on the cover of V Magazine looks like an ethereal, angel, princess, goddess, uh, whimsical, magical fairy. She looks so beautiful. It's just, it's breathtaking. She looks amazing. She's like underwater. There's all these whimsical fashion things that she's wearing. She looks amazing, and I don't think that we need to take this moment lightly. Like sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a big deal, but like let's not talk about it or let's not let's not think about it or whatever. And today I was thinking about the fact that children. This is gonna make me cry. Children who are like five right now are gonna watch this movie and have a black princess and not even think about it. They're gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. It was Hallie. Yeah, she was the first princess. It was, you know, that's what we grew up with. We, if you grew up in the 90s, if you're a millennial or ex Lennial or whatever, or genennial, whatever if you grew up in the 90s, you know that we didn't have shit. (laughs) We didn't have shit. We were like, we were literally like, oh, that character's blue. Oh, oh, then she's black. She's black. She's black. You know, like we didn't have these incredibly fantastical, big budget blockbuster films where black women were really the leads. I'm trying to think if there were any sort of big movies back in the 90s. Not really. I don't know what was up with the 90s, but I feel like a lot of movies love to focus on like boyhood. And I always had to be like, this is boring. What was that one movie about that golden retriever and that cat? Homeward bound. I mean, we really didn't have movies, big blockbuster movies um, at this scale that featured black women. And I think that there's something so magical about this. And will I be sobbing in the theater? Yes. Also, um, the movie released uh, Part of Your World. So you can listen to it on Spotify. And it gave me chills. Like, not only is Halle Bailey a beautiful she's an Aries like not only does she have this beautiful like effervescent whimsical look to her and I'm not trying to toot my own horn but a lot of people say I look like her (laughs) I don't know if it's true but people are like you kind of look like and I'm like Hallie Bailey Yeah, I know anyways they released the song and it gave me goosebumps and quite frankly I will be crying in the theater it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay but that's some very exciting news. Moving on to another musician, a different type of musician, <laughs> uh, that's not Halle Bailey, but Jack Harlow dropped music. I don't know what else to say other than that. Um, I just started listening to the album, He's a Pisces. There's so much I want to say. Um, mostly... Remember when we all were like, oh my god, he's so good. And then he dropped the album and then it got that really awful score. And I kind of felt bad because I, I don't know what it's like to be in the musical like world and to receive such a like horrible score on your album, your your first album. But hey, if you don't succeed the first time, try again. Okay, moving on. Frank Ocean, his first weekend performance uh, I am mad at myself for trusting a Scorpio man. And actually, if you're an OG fan of Frank Ocean, let's, let's break this down. If you're an OG fan of Frank Ocean, you know, he, he, he don't, he don't be showing up. (laughs) He doesn't show up. He will pull out last minute. I want to make a joke, but I'm not going to, (laughs) but he will pull out last minute. Like, there's been so many festivals. I think there was like FYF festival. He pulled out like any OG fan knows that Frank Ocean, don't be showing up. He's a Scorpio sun. Cap Moon, he's not, he doesn't do the things that he doesn't want to do. Cat Moons are very like, no, nah, no. Nah. And I don't think it's like a perfectionist thing. I think it's like comfort level. But so anyways, I planned my whole entire Sunday around Cleaning my room, lighting candles, and live streaming Frank Ocean. He didn't show up. Was I angry? Yeah. Was I sad? Yeah. Was I shocked? Yeah. It's kind of his thing. You know, he doesn't really – he's very private. And something about that I respect. In a world where people sell their vulnerability and it's like, well, how vulnerable is it if you're just giving it to the masses kind of thing? I get it because he's a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. I get it. Um, But I think that there was like a broken ankle situation. There were a bunch of dancers who were supposed to be on ice. It was a whole thing. But, you know, he didn't want the first weekend to be uh, live streamed. And then he pulled out the second weekend. And that's just... That's just Frank. But another thing that happened at Coachella uh this past weekend. So the second weekend of Coachella is that Zendaya performed uh with Labyrinth, which was really cool. It was really cool to see Zendaya just back on stage. I think it'd been like six years. So it's really, really exciting. Oh, and Zendaya, uh, she had on her stories, I am obviously in love with her. Um but on her stories, she had a video of her at the Usher concert and I just I just think that once a Virgo is comfortable around people, they can be themselves and I love that. I love that. Um she was with her assistant and Tom Holland and I just think that's really cute. And another random Coachella thing is Kali Uchis performed the first and second weekend and there's something so ethereal and beautiful about Kali Uchis that is just so uh, sexy and effortless and oozes of sex without even really trying. Um, so of course, what did I do? I pulled out her mother freaking birth chart. So I already knew that Kelly was a cancer sign. I already knew that. Cause again, this is my wife and I know my wife, but she has a Scorpio moon. She's an intense water baby. She feels the fuck out of everything. And then I was surprised by this. She's a Virgo Venus like me. Very Virgo Venuses. Let's talk about Virgo Venuses for a second. Let's talk about Earth Venuses in general. So the Earth elements are Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. Virgo Venuses, as I am a Virgo Venus myself, I get so picky about the people that I date. And yet, and still, I pick the wrong freaking ones every single time. I'm so picky about the weirdest things. And any Virgo Venus, I'm sure, can relate to this, right? So you'll be on a date with somebody and you'll be like, okay, I kind of feel them. I kind of feel them. I kind of feel them. And then boom, they like eat something weird or they look off in the distance in a weird way. And you're like, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, 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 take it back get somebody else to do it. Get somebody else to do it. Gets mm I got the ick. I got the ick, baby. I get the ick so quickly. And I think that's like a Virgo Venus thing. Cap Venus on the other hand is like they love power. They all of us, all of us Earth Venuses love gifts. But Cap Venus, the biggest gift that you can give to them is fucking their boss. <laughs> like they all they want to do is have power. And that's just like a Cap Venus thing. Taurus Venus are those luxurious lovers. They're stay in bed all day kind of lovers. They are the ones that are going to luxuriate. They're going to bathe the person they love in all the luxurious experiences. And I just love a good Earth Venus. Do I wish I had a fire Venus? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Actually, pondering the fact that that actually might be volatile for me if I did have a, I'm just happy I don't have a Scorpio Venus. Um, shout out to Scorpio Venus is out there. Um, stay, stay blessed. Um, and stay obsessed. Uh, live your best life and go to therapy. I'm happy I don't have a water Venus. I wish I had a fire Venus, and I do not have. air venus but air venus is something about air venus is too that i find to be so incredibly like enchanting the fact that they're like very polyamorous the fact that they can love multiple different peoples and not put like a hierarchy to it i just i i love a good i love a good air venus but back to caliucci's her mars is in gemini which is another thing that to me that mars gemini is very much they are the intellectual lovers they are the i mean mars is in gemini right now i believe um they're the intellectual lovers they are the um they're like the fanfic lovers they're the people that are going to get really turned on by words so talking dirty would be like a good way to seduce them on a sexual level but on an intellectual level you got to keep up you got they're going to move quick so you got to keep up and i also want to see What's happening in the astro world? So that moves us to hot by astro tea. So let's move on to hot by astro tea. For those of you who don't know, we are deep. We are balls deep into Mercury retrograde. There's good news and there's bad news. Okay. Should I start with the good news or the bad news? What do you want? You want the good news? No, you want the bad news because y'all are y'all are feisty. You want the bad news first. The bad news is that. Fixed signs are most affected by this. Okay, so if you're a fixed sign, fixed signs include Aquarius, Leo, Scorpio, and Taurus. You are going to be most affected by the Mercury retrograde that's happening right now. Let me tell you, I am affected by it. I am very affected by it (laughs) to the point where we're making therapy appointments. We're, We're we're calling in the big the big guns, but Mercury retrograde is a very it can be a very frustrating time so that's the bad news okay fixed signs i'm so sorry for you that's the bad news good news good news it ends may 14th and also mercury retrograde is just a cycle it's gonna end it's not big boisterous huge things that are happening i mean it is happening during eclipse season but like We're going to get over it's Mercury is the planet of communication of travel old memories So anytime it's Mercury retrograde for me I love diving back into old writing like I'm just like a little It's my Gemini rising. I love a good writing going back to old journal Old journal entries old writing things that I used to do like really go back into those old writing things and really see if you're You're re-inspired by that Another thing that I love during Mercury retrograde, okay, and it only happens during Mercury retrograde, old music and old movies. Okay, so also Mercury rules over old memories. So if old memories are coming back up like old flames, old Um, music, old movies, all that stuff is happening um, for a reason. And I think there's something really beautiful about looking back into the past. I am a Scorpio take that information and do with it what you will. But I love looking back into the past and having that as a way to springboard us into the future. I'm going to make a cute little old playlist of all my old favorite songs. And I'm going to link them in the show notes. And that'll be the playlist for the week because we deserve to dive back deep. I've been listening to a lot of Maya, S Club 7, Um India Ari. Like, There's some really good, juicy, beautiful old music that really lights my soul on fire and I forget that it's there and then Mercury Retrograde comes around and it just hits different. So dive back into old writing, dive back into old movies, old TV shows, old music. Like this is the time. Also with Mercury Retrograde, I have found that a lot of times we might be looking at the past with rose-colored lenses and that's okay. Okay, let me just tell you that that's okay, that's allowed. But it gets to be a danger zone when you start like looking at old situations with rose-colored lenses and not really learning from them. And that's when you start thinking, let me text that ex and see what they're up to. Because actually, things didn't end so badly. Yes, bitch, they did end badly. They did end very badly. You have no reason to be texting that ex, so don't do it. Okay? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. We are also in Torah season, which this is the time to luxuriate, to rest. I've been thinking so much about Black rest and the fact that sometimes I feel like I need to deserve my rest. I'm like, okay, I did all the things on my checklist. Now I can rest. Or, oh, I worked hard enough. Now I can rest. And that my friends, is called capitalism at its finest. As black people, I think one of the most revolutionary acts is to rest without any guilt, without any abandon, without feeling like you need to deserve it because we built this mother country, okay? We built this country, bitch. We deserve to fucking rest. So give yourself the permission to rest during Taurus season. Another fun thing that's happening astrologically is May 1st is, is a Mercury Kazemi. Okay. So what the freak is a Kazemi? Okay. <laughs> You're like, okay, baby, what what are you talking about? Okay. So this is the definition of a Kazemi. Any planet whose center is within 17 minutes of the arc of the center of the sun is referred to as a Kazemi. A Kazemi moon, which can only happen at the time of the new moon, is a good use if you want something to really succeed. It's one of the highest forms of good luck. So we might be in eclipse season. We might have a Scorpio lunar eclipse on the way May 5th but gosh darn it, do we have good luck May 1st. So use that kazini on May 1st to manifest some beautiful, beautiful things. It's also a really great time to write. This is a perfect time to journal, write, get straight back into that writing, um, because there's some good things happening. So like I said, there's a lunar eclipse May 5th, a full moon in Scorpio, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. I think what's really cool about Scorpio darkness as a fellow Scorpio is that it reveals a lot to us, right? And sometimes it's easier to live life with rose-colored lenses. Sometimes it's easier to pretend like things are okay and dandy because that just makes us move quicker. It makes us feel more secure. In a world where there's so much insecurity and there's so many things that happen that we have no control over, sometimes it's good to feel like, oh, I don't it's like that meme of DW when she looks at a sign and she's like, I can't read, so I don't know what the sign says. That's kind of what the deal is. But Scorpio's like, no, let's look under the rug. We swept all that shit under the rug. Let's look look at it and let's look at every single piece of dirt so we can truly clean. It's like spring cleaning. Think of this time astrologically as spring cleaning. And um, it sucks, right? Because you have to look through all the under all the beds, under all the carpets, under in the drawers, get all that stuff out. But it gives you a really good reset for the the time ahead. So that's really exciting, right? That's really, really exciting. So lots of astrological things happening. Don't be scared. Don't let white astrologers trick you into having a bad day. Just have the information and use it as a way to like not even navigate your day, but just as a way to be like, okay, I see what's good. I see that there's good luck. I see that these things are ahead and keep it moving. I always am very, very critical of white astrologers who try to scare us into thinking certain ways or use fear as a way to get us to do certain things. Let's, let's not do that. Let's move forward with information and let's not be scared, Okay. 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 Okay, we're going to move on to our Q and gay. I'm answering a very juicy question today that I'm very, very excited to answer, like beyond excited to answer. So let's get into it. This listener says, I am really into this girl, but I can't tell if we are friends or just friends with benefits. When we hang out, we obviously hook up obviously. (laughs) But after, I don't know if she likes me enough to be in a relationship with me. Maybe it's because we're both femmes, and I'm not sure which of us has to make the first move, but I'm too scared to say anything. Should we just stay in this ignorance is bliss or should I speak up even though I'm scared and new to this? Big questions. Big freaking questions. But nothing to be scared of. Like I said before, this is a time of spring cleaning astrologically so why not get into it? One of the things that I don't think we talk enough about when it comes to queer dating is compatibility versus chemistry, okay? I've been thinking a lot about this because there's people that I've dated in the past who I've had zero chemistry with, like zero. Like on paper, on a dating app, it's like, this person's a Taurus. I'm a Scorpio. This person has these qualities. This person has this. They live close to me. They – you know have these things that are on my Virgo Venus checklist all that is great and so we are technically we are compatible but actually we don't have any chemistry right or there's people that I've dated who chemistry is off the freaking charts the sex bam the the eye contact bam everything is boom boom bam the compatibility just was not there it was lacking so let me read to you the difference between chemistry versus compatibility. Chemistry is the initial passionate spark that you feel at the beginning of a romance. Compatibility means evaluating how a person will fit into your everyday life and if there is long-term potential as a couple. Compatibility means looking at if you align with a person, their lifestyle choices, and their values. When it comes to queer dating, we talk a lot about all the like stereotypes of U-Hauling, all the stereotypes of, you know, going on a date that lasts three days, you know, there's all these like big things, right? But I think one of the things that we don't talk enough about when it comes to queer dating is sometimes you might have compatibility with somebody because of shared experiences, particularly me as somebody that's a femme who dates other femmes. I mean, that's not all I date. I I keep marketing myself as a femme who dates femmes. Meanwhile, I'm on the stud ranch. (laughs) I'm on the stud ranch picking up all the goddamn studs. But anyways, we don't have to talk about it. It's, It's fine. It's fine. But when you are a femme who dates other femmes, a lot of times you can potentially mistake compatibility As chemistry. Okay, let me break this down. I saw this really beautiful TikTok. I don't know if I can even freaking find it because I saw it years and years ago and it really blew my mind. And it was talking about sometimes shared experiences as a queer person might make you think that you are really super compatible. Like, for instance, for me, I date a lot of femmes who are bi, like, bi femmes who are bi and black. That's my zhuzh. That's my tea. That's my bread and butter. If you're a black bi femme, Slide in the DMs because that, that's my type, okay? But sometimes I feel like we have so much to talk about because we have navigated the world very similarly. We have gone through the world, you know, with – These shared experiences of, you know, a lot of times growing up in the church, growing up as a black person, when you're a black woman, your womanhood is outside of the gender binary. So navigating that space, navigating dating both men and women, navigating dating outside of your age, like there's so much to talk about. And you think that that sometimes can translate to that being compatibility like oh long term we we hold a lot of the same values but that's not necessarily true and as somebody who is kind of reevaluating and taking a step back from dating because i'm looking at okay what was off you know <laughs> what what what's off sometimes it means that you're not compatible with somebody just because you have shared experiences with that person and that's oh okay okay like that's allowed and a lot of times people are like oh but like you can still be friends with that person sure okay t do it be friends with that person if that's what um you want to do and that's what you you feel is right then go for it be friends with that person because you could have a friendship compatibility but not necessarily a romantic compatibility and navigating that is sometimes a little bit difficult to do i also want to say this Sometimes when it comes to dating and queer dating, and I know I I say this up and down, it's difficult. It's not the easiest thing to do. Sometimes you're trying to figure out, oh, this is a femme who likes me. Should I be the one that talks? Should they be the one that talks? There's no rule book. We don't get templates. We're not We're not given the, the privilege of having a template on how things work. And it's okay to tell a partner like, hey, I haven't done this before and I'm not used to this. And so I might be a little wonky. I might be a little not too good when it comes to this, the right person is going to accept that as okay. I think for me, I have been a baby gay for a really long time, right? Blah, 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 baby gay, blah, blah. I wrote a book about it, all that stuff. If you want to read my book, it's called Confessions of a Bisexual and Interactive Memoir for Baby Gays. I put my heart and soul into it. But in first understanding my my, um, queerness and my bisexuality, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I sometimes don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And a lot of times when you are open and honest with that, a lot of people will also be like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing either. Here's the thing too. I also have a Leo moon. Okay. So there's a lot of pride in this lifetime that I'm dealing with. A lot of pride. And I know that it's like the right answer to be like, well, just communicate your feelings to the person. That's not. That's a lot easier said than done. Like, I don't even sometimes half the time I'm like, I don't even know what I'm feeling. How how can I communicate something that I don't even know how that feels? And sometimes for me personally, it has been really helpful to just walk in my confidence, even though I have no clue where the fuck I'm going. And I'm just trying to figure it out. So I have had to be the initiator of some really hard conversations recently where I've had to be like, hey, what's tea? I have feelings for you. I like you. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that person owes you a I like you too, Um, owes you a- really anything. When you take the time to be vulnerable and kind of talk about your feelings, you might not necessarily get the response you wanted. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm I'm tired. And navigating dating is going to be an obstacle. It might be, you know, it might be difficult. It might not be the easiest thing in the world. But sort of having language to chemistry versus compatibility and really going in and thinking to yourself, okay, What do I want out of this situation? And be really clear with yourself so that you can be clear with another person. Am I looking for a rendezvous? Am I looking for a hookup? Am I looking for a relationship? And being confident enough to say like, hey, I've got feelings for you, bitch. I like you. (laughs) Do you like me too? And being okay with that sort of rejection. Because that's just what comes with being a dating person is rejection. And it's not easy. I'm not gonna lie to you, it's not the easiest thing in the world. But I think there's some beauty in being vulnerable. I'm trying to really, I'm talking to myself here, <laughs> but there's some beauty in being vulnerable. Maybe it's just time for you, listener, to take a step back and think about what you really want, write bullet points of what you want, and then tell that person. And that's scary. But if you write it down, sometimes if you write it down on your phone or you write it down, it kind of – for me, it helps me like bullet points. I'm a Virgo Venus. Bullet points and lists, they kind of help me especially when it comes to feelings and thoughts to remind myself and keep myself accountable this is how I'm actually feeling and not let somebody sway you any way or the other. So yeah, why not be vulnerable first? That's the hardest thing in the world. It really is the hardest thing in the world. But doing it and massaging that muscle, I think – is really a valuable skill because that comes in in into play and not just in romantic settings it comes into play in friendships it comes into play in so many different beautiful, beautiful settings so I love that you had the bravery to ask this question. Take a little bit of that courage and bravery to write down how you're feeling. Another thing that I did that I found really significant is after a failed situationship, I, I made a playlist of what I want my next relationship to feel like. I wanted my next relationship to have a very specific vibe. Like I wanted to curate a vibe musically for what that was what I want it to feel like and if it doesn't feel like an old R&B song I really don't want it if it don't feel like a Keilani song I really don't want it what I think about a lot is sometimes as a queer person we can and I will speak for myself I can get into this mindset of scarcity you know like I'll be like oh well this person if they don't like me then I'm never gonna find a good a good person again. But that's scarcity. That's capitalism, baby. Love is abundant. You can find whatever the freak you want. You can find that wherever, wherever you want it. For me, I've realized in taking a step back from dating. I realized me saying I take taking a step back from dating. Have I though? Anyways, that's neither here nor there. I'm on the stud ranch, baby. I'm on the stud ranch. I'm riding right the stud ranch. Anyways, so I realized that I am a good picker when it comes to friends. I, my friend game, strong. Like my friends are the baddest bitches, the baddest bitches on the floor <laughs> every time. They really are. And I have had friends in the past couple weeks when I've been going through one of the probably the the worst oppressive episode I've had since coming back to Los Angeles. Um, I've had multiple friends send me flowers, send me gift boxes, send me care packages. Um, You know, I love that stuff. But even more than just like the stuff of having that, I've had so many people just hear from me and sit in the pain with me and not be scared of my tears or my vulnerability or my – my my pain they're like okay i'm gonna sit with you in this i'm gonna sit with you in this pain i'm gonna witness this fucking pain with you and i so appreciate it so i'm really good at curating friends who are not only ride or die but will call me out on my bs you know like you're dating this person and there's all these red flags hello you prepared for what's going to happen next? Are you going to live in La La Land for a little bit? But also I'm here to be a soft pillow um, when this inevitably turns into something that is too much to handle at the same time, right? So I have these beautiful friendships, but I realized that While I have these beautiful friendships, I also am really not the best picker when it comes to romantic relationships. And I realize the reason why is because I think in a scarcity mindset, when I go on a date, I'm like, this has to be the one, right? I'm already going in with this mindset that there's only one, there's only one slot left open, like this capitalism competitive nature, Right. And when I meet up with friends and I have a potential new person in my life who I want to be friends with, and I have a friend crush on, and I'm like, "Oh, let's go for coffee, let's sit down, let's figure out how. Are we compatible? Do we have friendship chemistry, all that stuff?" I never come out of those friendship dates thinking to myself, "Oh, I'll never find another fucking friend again. God damn, there's no good friends out there in the world in LA. Nobody's good any. Like I don't have those thoughts. But somehow, when it comes to dating, I'm like, oh, there's nobody good out there. Oh, da, 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 da. When it comes to queer dating, I sometimes think that there's only so much love and that I am not deserving of whatever I want and that I have to bend and break in order to fit the needs of other people who would not bend or even or even bat an eye when I, when I say my needs. The right people who are meant to be in your life are going to not only validate your needs, see your needs as important, but try to find a way to meet your needs. All the other stuff is trash. And what does trash do? It takes itself out. It filters itself out. Think of yourself as a queer, bisexual, Brita filter when it comes to dating. All that musty, crusty, dusty, crunchy shit is all for the birds it's not for you the right person is for you so with that compatibility chemistry astrology bad bitchology (laughs) it's all important to think about but also dating is not the end of the world you know what i mean like dating is not like the end all be all take a step back make your friendships more romantic okay and we're gonna close off this episode with Trader Joe's because the last last week I talked about Trader Joe's and I just can't get my head around why Trader Joe's is so bisexual but here's what I here's what I will say every time I go to the front I feel this knot in my stomach I feel butterflies I'm like I don't even care like it doesn't matter the gender of the person who's my checkout person but the way that they take care of me I'm like am I falling in love Trader Joe's there's so much Tension there, but this week they have ube pretzels, bro. Go get yourself some ube pretzels. They're so good. I literally just came from Trader Joe's to get myself some honey and some ube pretzels. Get yourself some ube pretzels. And on that note, that is hot by summer. I am just so incredibly excited about this week. Oh, and another thing, quickly, quickly. Quickly, I'm going to recommend bisexual book that I am currently reading. This book is so good and it's so cute and it, it's so queer and it features black plus-sized lesbians. I mean, does it really get any better than that? Okay, I'm going to give you the name. The name is Devon and Chris Plan a Wedding. It's very cute. Here's the logline. Devon and Chris have six weeks to plan their dream wedding. Their whole relationship is fake. Period. If you're a huge fan of reality TV, which I am, I mean, I love Potomac. I love Atlanta. The real housewives, obviously, not the places, because I don't really think I would ever just go to Potomac just because. Um, But I would go to Atlanta just because I do want to go to Magic City one day. I'm a huge fan of reality TV. And if you are also a fan of reality TV, you should check out this book, Devon and Chris Plan a Wedding. It's so good. It's by Chinsia C. Higgins. It looks incredible. So far, I'm in it, and I'm like, oh, I'm in it, in it. I'm in it. It's so good. And I mean, honestly, there is nothing better than black plus size lesbians. With that, have a wonderful, wonderful week. You're going to get through eclipse season, I promise you. And with that, bye. bye, 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 bye.